Hello my dear nerds and welcome to another episode and happy pride month! I hope you're all doing well and I hope you'll enjoy this episode where I talk about some books with LGBT plus characters I've read recently. Starting with The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. Lord Henry Montagu, whose name I probably completely budget right now. I'm very sorry, anyway. He has the habit of visiting gambling halls and other places where he gets outrageously drunk only to wake up in the arms of either women or men. He's the son of some important guy with an estate thingy. Anyway, he's about to start a grand tour of Europe with his best friend and secret crush Percy, and also with his sister Felicity. It's supposed to be one last journey of freedom, and if it wasn't for his father, it would have been just like he imagined. His father is anything but supportive of him liking men and is quite disappointed in his drinking habits. And thus, when Henry starts his grand tour, his father also sends someone with him. Someone to make sure that Henry doesn't drink and acts like a gentleman, with all that posh stuff. Things take a turn rather quickly, not in a good way. And just like that, the Tory that was supposed to bring freedom one last time turns into a manhunt across Europe. I read this book in one sitting while I was on my way back from Amsterdam. By the way, I didn't know that there was a Waterstones bookstore in Amsterdam and when I saw it, I ascended to heaven. It was so beautiful, it was so nice. I can't remember if I bought a book there, I think I did, but I don't remember. It's been too long ago. I mean, it's been in April. I don't even remember what I did yesterday. I don't even know what day it is today. That's not good. Anyway, let's forget about that. Um, right, the book I was talking about. Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. Um, I love the characters. <laughs> okay, what did I like about the book? Sorry, it's very warm. My brain doesn't work anymore. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's late. It's warm. Even in my basement. Help. <laughs> anyway, what did I like about this book? I loved the characters a lot. I loved that they had their own personalities, strengths and weaknesses. And I loved how their relationship, how the relationships changed between them and how they interacted with each other. It was a lot of fun to read. And the writing, it made me feel like I was actually on this journey with them and it made me forget I was reading a bunch of times. And I also love the character development, especially of Henry, since in the beginning he often does act like a jerk, unfortunately, but he gets better. Also, the book has pirates. If that doesn't make you want to read it, then I don't know what will. And now onto the next book. The Lady's Guide to Petticoat and Piracy plays one year after the adventures of the first book. The first book being The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. Felicity Montagu now works in a bakery alongside a man who has certain intentions towards her. Certain unwelcome intentions. Felicity has been applying to different universities to properly study medicine and turn her dream of becoming a doctor into reality. After this aforementioned man proposes to her and accuses her of leading him on, 
Felicity goes to the surprise visit her brother and his boyfriend. There she intends to once again apply to university. With her brother's support, she at least gets to the point of speaking to the administrators, only to be rejected quite quickly. For women can't be doctors and all that crap. I really wanted to jump into this story at this point and make sure that they can never sprout such nonsense ever again. Anyway, before she can give up, one of the administrators tells her that a doctor she idolizes, that's the word, is marrying an old friend of hers in Germany. What a great coincidence! An even better and lucky coincidence happens to her soon after. A mysterious young woman called Sim is willing to pay for Felicity's journey to Germany and help her reach her friend under the condition that she will travel alongside with her disguised as a maid. Suspicions arise and Felicity makes this mysterious woman promise not to hurt anyone. They travel together and arrive at the wedding of a friend, Joanna and the doctor. Although, Joanna and Felicity haven't talked to each other in a while. So, they aren't friends in the beginning, but their relationship changes throughout the story. Anyway, at the wedding, the true motivations of Sim are revealed and... The doctor that Felicity idolizes turns out to be way, way different. He turns out to be a much different man than she imagined him to be. And all of that causes Felicity to become a part of a quest across Germany to Zurich, 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 to the Atlantic. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce Zurich, Zurich of, in English. I almost said of Deutsch, but that would be wrong. Um, you know what I mean. I again loved every part of this book. It was beautifully written, just like the first one, and the characters are just as amazing. While Felicity sometimes acted like a I'm not like other girls woman, she grows from her mistakes and learns to accept that there's no right or wrong way to be a woman. That just because you enjoy wearing dresses and are typically feminine, you aren't less smart or less strong. I love the friendship between Sim, Felicity and Joanna. They all had different personalities but were such a strong and awesome team, which made the journey a lot better. There is no, well, almost no, romance in this book. Our main character is asexual and, I guess, maybe also in the aromantic spectrum? Maybe. Anyway, the focus is mostly on friendship though and it's very well done. I need more good and supportive friendships between female characters. In books and movies, unfortunately, a lot of times women act like rivals, they often hate each other and fight over some weird guy. There's rarely a supportive friendship between women. It's really annoying and mostly, sometimes, often, the women aren't even likable. It's, it sucks. I need more better female characters and better friendships. Should I ever write a book, I'm gonna make sure to put lots of healthy friendships between women and men in there, but mostly women. Anyway, I did want to talk about the third book and the final book of the series, but I haven't even bought it yet and I've been in a reading slump for a while. 
since the beginning of June, basically. But I'm slowly getting out of it, I think. Has any one of you read Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation yet? That's the series that has been destroying me for the past few weeks. I'm obsessed with it. But I don't think it's a healthy obsession anymore at this point. <laughs> I've been reading so many fanfictions just because I can't get enough of it. And I don't want it to be over. And there, I'm gonna talk about it at some other point. Maybe I'm gonna talk about it next episode or the episode after that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready yet. I kind of am. But on the other hand, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about this because it's kind of emotionally killing me on one hand. On the other hand, it makes me very happy. On the other hand, no. There are so many things. Any, I'm not going to talk about it now. And <laughs> I'm going to talk about it another, at, um, at another point. Anyway, next book. Fake Dates and Mooncakes. This one is a very short but very sweet one. And it's gonna make you hungry, so be warned and get some snacks ready. Some snacks that can't damage your book, preferably. Dylan works with his aunt in a Chinese takeout called Vok Warriors. They are a small business and struggle to pay the rent. And that's where the mid-autumn festival mooncake making competition for teen chess comes in. Winning that would bring publicity to the takeout and save them from ruin. Together with his aunt, he practices making those mooncakes his mom used to make. His mom passed away a while ago, though, and unfortunately she didn't leave a recipe. But through trial and error, they make it work, and maybe that's enough to win. Maybe. Then there's Theo. Dylan meets him after delivering a takeout, and after that, they keep meeting. After getting to know each other a little better, Theo convinces him to show up at a family wedding as his fake date. Dylan's family has never been really wealthy. A stark contrast to Theo's. At the wedding, he gets to know different family members and also gets involuntarily subjected to family drama only rich people can have. Dylan doesn't have time for this. He's also too busy thinking about the developing feelings he has towards Theo. He has a competition to win, and nothing can distract him. Therefore, he pushes him away and focuses on making more mooncakes. As already mentioned, it's a pretty short story, but lovely nonetheless. I love the characters and the dog. The dog was adorable, the best character. And I enjoyed how we got to know more about Chinese history and the culture. It was really fun to read and I can only recommend you to read it. You should. Do it. I mentioned a dog. The dog is on the cover. It's adorable. If that doesn't convince you, then what is wrong with you? Sorry, I didn't mean to sound mean, but seriously, read it. I don't know if you can hear this, but it's starting to rain and I heard a thunder. I love it. It's awesome. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep recording. I don't know if it's going to, if it's too loud. We'll see. The next one is in the life of puppets. In a forest far away from civilization, the inventor android Giovanni Lawson, Gio for short, has built a strange little home. On the ground and up in the trees. 
He has built this place for years and after feeling pain of loneliness for many many years, he meets two humans. They seemingly are on the run and before Gio can ask them anything, they hand him their son. Now involuntarily a father to a human, who he calls Victor, he does his best and keeps inventing and building things while taking care of a child. Victor, like his dad, loves inventing things. And by lucky coincidence, there's a scrapyard in walking distance from their home. There Victor gets his material to build or store for the future. He also finds two robot friends in those yards. A Roomba vacuum cleaner called Rambo, who is riddled with anxiety and doesn't think before doing something. I found him annoying during one part at the end, but other than that, he's absolutely adorable and I love him and he deserves everything. He's awesome. The second robot is a nurse robot called Ratchet. Ratchet has some sociopathic tendencies, but is caring nonetheless. Kind of in her own special way. <laughs> she has an empathy protocol, protocol she can switch on. Other than that, she mostly bullies Rambo. I love their interactions, those were a lot of fun. While Ratchet does often threaten to kill Rambo, they still love each other, kind of. It's fun. Well, anyway, one day at the scrapyard, Victor finds another robot with the inscription Hap. Therefore, his name is Hap. Victor repairs him as well as he can and he later finds out that apparently Gio and Hap have a shared past. A past where the robots haunted and killed humans. Humans kind of deserve that. After Hap accidentally alerts robots from Gio's former life to their whereabouts, the family is no longer safe. Gio protects them and gets taken back to his old laboratory in the city of electrical dreams. Together, the rest of the family decides to not just watch that happen and hatch a plan to find and save Gio. This one was another beautiful and wholesome book written by Kloon, however you pronounce his name, I'm sorry. All of his books that I've read so far have a found family trope, which is one of my favorites. And also the main character is asexual, I love that! I love the characters and the writing was as lovely as ever. This book felt like a hug the entire time and it killed me with its wholesomeness. Also, the end made me cry. Again, always does. Anyway, it's awesome, so read it. The last book I'm talking about is Painted Devils. The equal to Little Thieves and it finally came out. Let's get one thing straight. Vanya Schmidt wasn't trying to start a cult. That's how the book starts and that's how I immediately fell in love with it all over again. <laughs> it's not really a LGBT plus book, but I wanted to talk about it nonetheless because I love the series and I, I, I want to talk about it. And obviously there will now be spoilers, so if you haven't read it yet, you should skip ahead. Unless you don't care about spoilers, obviously. After the happenings of the first book, Vanya searches for an honest trade where she doesn't have to be a thief. But in doing so, she accidentally invents a god, as you do. She only did it to scam her way out of trouble, but 
The lion unfortunately got out of control and it gets worse. Especially once a boyfriend Emmerich arrives to investigate and is immediately claimed by the goddess, the Scarlet Maiden. It's a virgin sacrifice. By the way, why always virgins? And how, how, how would anyone know? Seriously, how do those gods and demons or whatever even recognize a virgin? Do we smell differently? Is our blood different? Do gods have a special nose for that? That kind of is just creepy. Anyway, I still don't understand and I probably never will. Anyway, now Emmerich's life is in danger and Vanya looks for an alternative sacrifice. But she doesn't have a lot of time, sadly. The hunt leads her to a past and things get revealed that she would, could have never imagined. Meanwhile, Emmerich, for his final test to become a prefect, has to find proof whether Vanya is guilty of serious fraud or if the Scarlet Maiden is genuine. genuine. Once again, fantastically written. It was great to see Vanya and Emmerich again and even their romance is still very sweet. I loved every bit of this book and I need the third one now, immediately, especially after the end that ripped out of my heart and crushed it. It hurts. I just want them to be happy. Vanya deserves a break. So does Emmerich. If th those two don't get a happy end, I'm gonna lose it and start a riot until the author answers for her crimes. Seriously, get tissues ready for the, the second book. It's gonna kill you. The end. It hurts. And that is the end of this episode. I've been doing podcasts for almost two years now and I still don't know how to end those. Just like phone calls. I'm awful at hanging up. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it and by the way, I don't know if you know, but my current flat is in a basement. I've been living in a basement for three years, but soon this will end. I found a new flat and in this one I will have daylight. Can you believe it? I'm not gonna have to switch on the light during the day because there will be sun shining through my windows and daylight. I sometimes can't believe it. In the beginning of July I move and I can't wait. Funnily enough, that will also be the same time I'm gonna start working at a different bookstore. And even better, my dear best friend will be my colleague. Working with a best friend is always the best and makes work even better. I can't wait to work with this bastard again. Anyway, none of you probably care, but this is my podcast, I can do what I want. And it's way too warm and my brain doesn't work and I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Anyway, bye, I hope you have a nice day and happy Pride Month. I hope you've had a good month and until next month, bye.